0: This is the City of Refuge, Thomaston, Georgia, Sunday morning podcast. The following is a live recorded sermon by Pastor Jeff Deal. Um, I'm going to read a couple verses from Exodus here this morning. We're going to jump into conversation that will go on for a little while over the next few weeks. And I'll just read this first and I'll go back and kind of um, kind of share a little bit of, up front and then we'll dive back into this. But it says, Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning when the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians. He will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. So we're going to be diving deep here shortly. Um, And, frankly, deep diving is for people who are outfitted and equipped to dive deep. If you are a shallow Christian, I love you, glad you're here. I don't judge you, I'm not judging your salvation. But if you don't have on the equipment to dive deep, that's on you, that's not on me. What does it mean to be a shallow Christian? Well, I guess you just look at practical daily life, you know. If you don't read and study the Word of God and read material that is related to God, His truth, spirituality, if you're not prayerful, which means full of prayer, right? Right? That means you're a prayerful person. Daily prayer shows up as just normal, regular part of your thinking and part of your life. Okay, If you're not involved in service, and giving, in compassion, in benevolence, in other words, if you don't pay attention to all those things that Jesus said that His followers must do and do them, and, and the list goes on, we could continue on, but if you, if you don't do those things, but you say you're a Christian, then you are a shallow Christian if you are a Christian. Okay, because those who walk in deep relationship with the Lord are those who pay a lot of attention to His words. Blessed is the man who walks not after the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, the philosophies, theories, opinions of the world. And the reciprocal is if you walk not after that counsel, then you walk after the counsel of God. you right. Blessed is the man who does not stand in the way of sinners. That's the world philosophy. That's world ideologies. That's government, politics, theory, opinion. And the reciprocal is, if you don't stand in the way of sinners, you stand in the way of the righteous. The way of the righteous is right, and the right way is the God way. Blessed is a man who does not sit in the seat of mockers. Mockers are those, and you can do like they did on the Grammys, where you literally blatantly dress up and mock God. But you know it's a mockery to God if you live any other way that's contrary to the Word of God. That's a mockery. Blessed is a man who doesn't sit in the seat of mockers, and the reciprocal is if you're not sitting in the seat of mockers, you're sitting in the seat of a worshiper. And what does it say? It says, and his delight, and of course his mean his and her, delight is in God's words. And on those words, he meditates day and night. You ever wake up in the night with the Word of God on your mind? If not, you're probably not spending enough time with the Word of God. Is it one of the first things that comes to you in the morning? Something to do with God, His ways, prayer, meditation, devotion? If not, something's wrong. There's a shallowness. meditates on those words day and night. And then, and you love it, you have to love it, I love it. Then you go deep right, becomes like a tree with roots that go way deep, planted by rivers of water, and then your life brings forth big, effective, beautiful fruit in its season. That's a deep life. And if you're going to expect to dive deep, you have to be equipped to dive deep. I guess fishing is a great metaphor. And it's on my mind because I've been fishing all week. OK? We fish in shallow water in the Apalachicola Bay. Sometimes the water is two and a half, three, 4 feet deep. Very shallow water. Flat bottom boat, because if you've got a V bottom boat, you're in trouble. My cousin came in there with a V bottom boat. You know what we had to do? Go over there on our flat bottom boat, hook up a chain to him, pull him off. We fish in shallow water, therefore, do you know what we catch? We catch fish that swim in shallow water. We catch redfish. We catch speckled trout. We catch white trout. We catch a flounder here and there. We catch bluefish. We catch ladyfish. We catch croakers. We catch fish that swim in shallow waters. If you want to catch different varieties of fish that usually are bigger, more impressive, more powerful, you got to go to deeper water. There are some holes in the bay. After fishing the bay for 12 years, we know where the holes are. We get a wild hare one day. We want to fish in deeper waters for bigger stuff. We go to the holes. We use a different rig. Why? You have to have a different rig to fish for the different fish. You cast your little regular thing we fish for redfish and trout with in the deep hole, and it's grabbed by something that weighs 40 pounds. You're not going to work. It's not gonna work. You gotta be rigged up. You gotta be geared up. You gotta have the right bait. You gotta have the right tackle to get the bigger fish, to go deep. You have to go deep to get bigger fish, and you have to be equipped for it. Now, you'll catch a rogue here and there, you know, in shallow water that's out of place. But by and large, the rule is, so it's not a perfect metaphor, but the rule is you catch these fish in shallow water, you catch that. Right? You want to catch a cobia? You want to catch a marlin? Uh, Not a marlin, but a tarpon. You want to catch a marlin, you better go on out. You want to catch a tarpon? Right? I put a 150-pound black-tip reef shark in the boat a few years ago, and I got him in one of those holes. With a shark rig. There's your metaphor. You want something bigger, better, more impressive, more challenging, more energizing, more thrilling in your spiritual life? Then you're gonna have to get into deep water. And in order to get ready to be in that deep water, you gotta put on the right equipment, you gotta have the right stuff. And that stuff comes and it's added to your spiritual person through process, through process, through living in God's Word and eating it day by day, through meditating on it, through your devotion, through your giving, through your compassion, through your benevolence, through your obedience, you get equipped to go in deep water. So if you're a shallow Christian, God bless you. I hope you figure it out at some point. But I'm ready to go deep. We've been at this for 12 years now. Y'all realize that? That doesn't even seem possible, right? We've been at this in Thomaston, Georgia for 12 years. For six years, we did outreach. We did Friday Night Life. We fed people. We, did what, we went out in the community and did Matthew parties. We did stuff. We blessed families in need. We helped people get into recovery programs. And we were on Lee Street in a house. Then we moved to Stephen's business. And we did that for six years. And then God blessed us with this. And we're going to talk a lot about that as we dive deep. And we've been here for six years, six and a half years now. Second of April 2017, we moved into this facility. So a dozen years. And we have done some deep diving here and there, but mostly it's been, it's been pretty shallow. I'll be the first one to admit it. It's been pretty basic, but it's been what it needed to be. But what's happened now and is that I see that there's a separation going on. There's a separation going on. And we're fairly small in number, but even when you're small in number, if you're really committed to a deep dive, the Holy Spirit is going to start to create a separation between the deep divers and the shallow people. Okay? I'm not going to get specific about what qualifies you to be on the deep side or the shallow side. <clears throat> Because some of you might get up and leave. Most of you in this room are deep divers. I'm thankful for that. But when you see by the Spirit a separation happening, I see my inclination is to hang out with the deep divers. Doesn't mean I don't, don't love anybody in the room, any, uh, more or less, uh, do love it more or less than anybody else. But I prefer to be with the deep divers. That's just me. And I want us to back up. And we went way back here. We're back in the book of Exodus where these two verses come from. The the children of Israel are in Egypt. They are slaves. But God is preparing them for salvation. I want us to back up to salvation. Okay? I want us to back up to salvation. And then we're going to move from there, wherever he takes us. Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb and take a bunch of hyssop and dip it into the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and both sides of the door frame. What's happening here? An opportunity for salvation is happening the presentation of salvation is happening. This is the Old Testament presentation of what salvation through Jesus Christ is going to look like when He arrives on the planet. We are slaves. We are bound up. We are under somebody else's control. We've been subjected to pagan culture, we've been subjected to pagan gods, we've been subjected to pagan godless influence, we've been forced, it seems, to live a way that we were not created to live. That is the story of every sinner in the world, is if you're living in sin, you're living some way other than you were created to live. But there is an opportunity that's been presented for salvation. When the children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt, and God makes the decision that it's time for them to be free, He's going to offer them. Listen, it's always an offer. It's never a mandate. It's never forced on you. It's never crammed down your throat. It's always simply an offer. Here it is. I'm offering it to you. Do you want it? It's free. You do not have to buy it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to work for it. It is free. I'm giving it to you. And God tells them, here's the way it works. You're going to have to slaughter the sacrificial lamb. You're going to have to shed that blood, and then you are going to have to apply that blood to the framework of your life. You want to know one thing that differentiates deep from shallow is when you're moving through your life, having conversations with people, acting and reacting, doing business, carrying on relationships, going to school. Deep versus shallow means do they see the blood on your doorframe? Is there any evidence showing up? Is there truth in your conversation? Is there holiness in your activities? Is there a sense of deep spirituality in in the way that you just live out your life day by day? Or are you just floating along like everybody else? Do you watch the same television programs everybody else watches? Do you listen to the same music everybody else listens to? Do you use the same language that the world uses? Do you prioritize your life the same way the world prioritizes? Is your focus on what's going on right here on planet earth while you're alive here? Or is it more eternal? Is it beyond this? Are the decisions you're making based on your own self-fulfillment and you're digging bigger barns in order to hoard and store all of that, whatever that is? Or are you living in a way that when you exit this planet, your influence is going to live after you in a hugely powerful and spiritual way? Deep and shallow. Is the blood on the framework of your life? Because listen, when the death angel passes, that's what he's looking for. He's he not looking for your game, for some sort of hustle that you've put on for years. He's not worried about your church attendance. Not worried about your declaration. He not worried about your Christian t-shirts. He don't care anything about that. It's like, where's the blood? Where's the real transformational work of Jesus Christ in you? How's that showing up day by day? How's that being evidence to the world? How has it miraculously transformed you from the inside out? Put the blood there because when the death angel comes, that's what he's looking for. Let's go to the next screen. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. Listen we got to hang with God. we got to spend time. we got to make sure this is real. we got to make sure it's genuine. We can't just piddle around with it a little bit and then head out the door expecting everything to just come together, everything to work out just right. Just depending on, you know, I hear people say, well, I don't have to really be methodical about this. I don't really have to go through that process of that. I just have faith. God's going to work it out. God's going to take care of me. I don't need to plan. I don't need to be smart. I don't, I'm, going to, I'm just going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'm going to have faith that God's just going to work everything out. I'm trying to find a nice word. Baloney. Is that nice enough? It would be just, I guess, wonderful if it worked that way, but it just don't. It's a process, and God requires obedience to every step in the process. Don't go out of your house. And when the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will, now this is it right here. Are you ready? He will not permit the destroyer to enter your house and strike you down. Listen, embrace your gift of salvation. Wear the blood. Proclaim it and live it out. The enemy wants to take your salvation from you. And it's possible but it's only possible if you shake His hand and give Him permission to do it. It's only possible if you cooperate with some plan other than God's plan. But He is roaming. He's passing your doorway a lot. Looking. Is the blood there? If the blood's not there, I can crack that door and I can get in. If you decided to come out of that house before you were well equipped to dive into deep water, He's waiting on you. He's waiting in the bushes. He's waiting around the corner. He knows who you are. He knows your tendencies. He knows how you behave. He knows how you think. He's been listening to you. He's been watching you. And He has calculated and formulated an individual and personalized plan to take your salvation Listen, your salvation is everything. It's where it starts. And it's where it ends. But you can't just repeat a sinner's prayer and say, hey, hey, I've got it. I'm good to go. I got saved. Listen, i got to tell you something right now. There's no such thing as got saved. You are being saved. Day by day you are being saved and the consummation and culmination of your salvation will not fully happen until you see Him in eternity. You have to trust that He's going to save you every day. The Lord's Prayer lays it out My Father who is in heaven, Your name is holy. Your kingdom come perpetually. Those words are perpetual. Those verbs are perpetual. Those verbs are all the time. They are progressive. Your will be done perpetually every day. May Your will be done in me. Your what bread? Daily. Not your one and done bread, your daily bread. Bring it to me. Give it to me because I have to have it today. And do what? Now Jesus is talking to followers and Jesus is teaching them how to pray and when He taught them how to pray, right there, sitting by the campfire with them, He was teaching you and me to pray at the same time. It is an overarching, eternal instruction on prayer. So He's talking to believers who already have said, yes, I'll follow you. But He says, when you pray, child of God, when you pray, saved person, when you pray after you've been born again, pray this, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me today for my sins as I choose today to forgive those who sin against me. And then the part that we kind of breeze through after we've gotten through, the kingdom come, the will be done, the daily bread, the forgiveness. But man, you cannot miss what's next. You cannot miss the culmination. Do not lead me into temptation, but do what? Keep me from the influence of the evil one. Because he's passing by my doorway all the time. He's looking to see if that blood is either has has never been there or has been removed, has faded out, it's gone. So that he can come and slither into my life with His calculated individual plan and start to steal my salvation. we got to go to Jesus daily. It's the way to go deep. So I spent the month of September not doing this intentionally. <clears throat> I was only out of town one of those Sundays, so I could have done it. Well, first Sunday in September, we didn't have church. I did it because I wanted to push the pause button on pouring out because I don't want to just be pouring out whatever. I want to be pouring out the right thing at the right time. I did it so I could spend time evaluating myself and our ministry I did it so I could refill and refresh and do a lot of meditating, a lot of reading, a lot of thinking, a lot of prayer time. And man, you can probably tell already, I came back with a pretty full tank. And we ha- and when I'm talking about deep and shallow, listen, and this is the reason why I'm paying attention to the separation. And if you've been separated, if you're easing toward the shallow side, listen, it's not too late. It doesn't mean you just have to accept it because it's been recognized now and declared. You can make the decision oh, no, 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 not me. I didn't, you know, I kind of drifted here. I didn't realize that would ha- was happening, but I'm, on, I'm getting in on the deep end. And look, it it doesn't mean we're going to call you up front here and lay hands on you, pray for for you, and all of a sudden you just jump from the shallow end to the deep end and there you are. That's not the way it works. Again, it's all about the process. You have to commit to the process. And you move from shallow to deep. So, as I'm seeing and and realizing the separation, we've got to start gearing up for where and what the Lord is taking us to as the deep crew. i got an announcement to make. We're not finished in Thomaston, Georgia. Nowhere close. Nowhere close. And it doesn't matter who's coming, who's gone. And it doesn't matter what the community thinks about us. doesn't matter that city... Government shut down our project back here. It doesn't matter that we ended up with a farm in Williamson. It may have crossed through some of y'all's mind. Well, now we got that farm. Seems like there's a lot of emphasis out there and lot of stuff. And, and that's the cool spot. And now we're just kind of hanging out. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't be fooled. Don't go there in your head. You'll get left behind if you go there in your head. We are not finished here. You know what the enemy would love to do as well, and we're going to dive deeper on this in the next couple of weeks. He would love to take this blessing and steal it from us. He'd love to discourage us and say, "Well, think about this." And we're going to talk about thinking. We're talking about what we're th- we're going to talk about what we're thinking about, and where that can potentially lead you. We spend too much time thinking about that, then we're going to lose this. This blessing is still as intact as it ever was. Twelve years ago, when we decided to start coming down here at the request of friends and doing some community city of refuge type outreach in this community. That became a huge blessing in our lives. And it became a very effective thing in this community. And lives were changed. Transformation happened. I'm not giving that up. I'm not giving it away, and I'm not allowing anything or anybody to steal it from me. When God gives you a blessing, that blessing is yours. Forever. Think about this. God has never, ever in the history of humanity given somebody a blessing and then stolen that blessing back from them. Now, there are many people who have lost their blessing. Why? It wasn't that He came in and stole it and said, no, I changed my mind, or oops, got the wrong person, let me get that back. No, it was because of their disobedience. It was because they positioned themselves to allow the enemy to come in through a cracked door and steal that blessing. Why? Because we know the enemy comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. Enemy's going nowhere with my blessing. Okay? So whoever comes and whoever goes, the enemy's going nowhere with this blessing and those deep divers who 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 want to re up and want to be part of what is coming for this ministry are going to stay. They're going to be here. Because they feel it and they sense it and they see it too. Why? Because they're deep divers. Jesus said, I think it's in Mark. He said, listen. I've got the keys to the kingdom. And I want to give them away. I want to give them away. <laughs> any takers? Any, any takers on the kingdom? The keys. The unlo- listen, he said keys, uh, plural. What does that say to you? It's all about doors. What have I been doing for the last 14 years? I've been unlocking doors. One at a time, because a prophecy was given over my life and my ministry 14 years ago, four years or two years before we got into this down here, that said, You are going to face doors. And sometimes it'll be like you're in the dark and you're feeling your way down a wall, but you have to keep going, keep persevering until all of a sudden you feel a door frame, and then you go through that door. And there are all kinds of doors ahead, but you can't get to that door until you've gone through this door. Process. I've got the keys. I want to give them to you, he says. And if you commit to diving deep, commit to obedience to the steps in the process, as you Gain victory over the schemes of the enemy and advance in that process, he'll place a key in your hand. And that key is going to unlock mysteries of God that you didn't even know were there. It's going to unlock victories that you didn't know were around the corner. I'm telling you, I know it. I've lived it. I'm still living it. It's a fact. He wants to reveal to you his mysteries, but he's only going to give you what he can trust you with. He's only going to place that key in your hand if you have proven through obedience to the process that he can trust you to go through that door and to manage what's on the other side of that door. And he was talking to guys who were sitting around a campfire with him because that's what it takes. There were thousands of people on the hillside earlier in the afternoon eating fish and bread and enjoying the miracles and enjoying the fellowship. They all went home. A Handful of them followed him up the mountain and sat down beside the fire. Those are the ones who had opportunity to get a key. Once you got the key to that door, nobody, can come in and steal what's on the other side of that door. The blessing that's on the other side of that door unless you choose to give that key away. If I was sitting out there where y'all are, I would think this is pretty good and I would be pretty stoked up about seeing where we're going and my re-up on my commitment and my obedience. And we need you. Listen, we need all of you. Those of you who are living shallow, I need you to get. I need you to get geared up. Really, I mean, we need everybody on board. Okay, to do what the Holy Spirit is going to bring to us to do. And if you choose to let your blessing be stolen, listen, that's on you. You've been told. But I, I, I just challenge you today. To make a decision to just daily put on gear, right? The whole armor. Get equipped. Be ready. Be willing. Frankly and practically, and I'll close, I don't, I'm not going to close on, on, on a horribly negative note, but I do want to point something out before we go. We have a harder time getting volunteers right now than we ever have in 12 years. We have a harder time getting people to come out and do the real work. And we have people who have said, I'll do this work, and I'm committed to it, who then just kind of fizzle and fade. And and it's like they're drifting off the deep hole back over here into the grass. That's all right, look, it's, all, it's only all right in that now we recognize where we are and the challenge is out, and I want you to just re-up and make a commitment. We're getting back, yeah, back in here. Whatever else is going on, not gonna allow the enemy to steal my blessing over that, over some silliness, over some petty, little things somebody did or said that I didn't like over some situation. Listen, we ain't going to be regular church. We've always had that commitment. We're not, we're not going to have the you know worship and the Word and then go out of here and start doing all sort of worldly devilish stuff. We ain't going to do that. But you can easily drift by just not keeping your mind fixed on the right things, and your commitment strong to the right things, and doing the daily stuff of discipleship. That's what it takes. Start with your salvation. Renew your commitment concerning your salvation right now or this week. Better right now, because by the time you go out of that door and the enemy comes with all his junk, you may not make it. How about right now? Why don't don't we just do it right now? Why don't y'all just stand up real quick? As a matter of fact, why don't everybody just walk up here with me? And this is impromptu. I had no plans for any of this, but just walk up here and let's join as a family. Get around each other. We're going to re-up on our salvation. We're going to re-up on our individual commitment to discipleship and we're going to re-up as a family about who we are and what we're here for father this is a small but beautiful family this is a healthy family as i look around this is a family of people who bring gifts who bring ideas who bring skill talent to the table these this is a family that has influence This is a family that has opportunity and is committed, I believe, by and large, to seizing the opportunity and doing kingdom work among each other and in this town. This morning, for myself, and I'm also going to speak for the family, and each individual in the family has to speak for themselves, I make a renewed commitment to my salvation. And I ask for forgiveness for any disobedience that's in my life. And I ask for fresh bread from the Holy Spirit this morning. And I ask that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in me and in this house. And I ask that that blood The blood of Jesus that He shed on the cross that spilled out on the ground so that I could be redeemed would once again be applied to the framework of my life right now. That when the enemy passes my house, the house of my life, that's what he's going to see and he's going to keep going to the next house. I pray that for our family here. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Forgive us of any way that we have thought wrong, behaved wrong, talked wrong. Make us clean. Give us your Holy Spirit and put the blood of Christ on the framework of this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.